This is the 318 Podcast, Episode 3. If you have a voice, speak up for the voiceless. If you live to serve others, serve with the cheerfulness that shines through the storm. If you have the gift of building up, begin to build his kingdom on earth. If you have the gift of tearing down, bring the enemy down one brick at a time. If you have the gift of leadership, lead his people back to him. If you have the gift of guidance, show the world his way. If you have more love to give, then find the unloved and shower them. If you have the gift of tongue, then use your words to bring nations together. Speak up for the voiceless. Welcome to the 31A Podcast, where we talk with people from around the community that are tirelessly working for the voiceless. I'm Jennifer Bates. With me today, we have Javon Scott. Welcome. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I'm going to ask that question one more time, though, because I get a lot of answers of I'm doing well or I'm good or I'm okay. So really, really, how are you today? I really am good. Um, There's been a lot going on that's caused a heavy heart and a heavy spirit. Um, But more recently, um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Okay. Okay. Now, I like that answer. Much better, much better. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Who um, is Javon Scott? So <laughs> that's always hard talking about yourself. Um, I am 28, from Atlanta, Georgia, originally born and raised. Um, moved to Memphis in June of 2022 um, to You're work with, very new, still new to the city, still use my maps to get around everywhere. <laughs> um, but I am the director of community engagement at For the Kingdom here at For the Kingdom Um, and former educator, former high school math teacher, uh, special education in particular, Um, but moved here to work with For the Kingdom um, and to have a greater impact on a community that is um, in need. Um, The community I was raised in, straight suburbs, um, very privileged. uh, The way I grew up was a lot different than the people that I interact with now get to. Um, so my goal is to just try and make their life just a little bit easier um, in whichever way I can, which is why I got into community engagement uh, division here at For the Kingdom. Okay. Okay. Wow. Um, all right. So before we get into it, random question for you. Yes. If you could have any superpower you wanted, <laughs> but you could only have one power, you can't fly and be invisible. You can only have one power. What would your superpower be? <laughs> that is like probably such an easy question for a kid. And it's probably <laughs> the hardest question to ask an true, adult. True, true. Um, oh, man. That's tough. And I'm like a major Marvel fan. <laughs> so I'm like all these superpowers are going through my mind. Um I would say the ability to read people's minds mm. um, would probably be the superpower I want. Wow. Just because um, kind of like you when you asked me the same question twice, um, because you sensed, obviously, you know, I'm fine is not a good answer. But to be able to read people's minds and truly know how they're doing, what they're dealing with. And also what they think about you, too, right. as y'all are sitting there having a <laughs> okay. conversation. Because um, in my experience, sometimes the conversation isn't exactly lined up with their feelings towards you. Very true. Um, so just to be able to read people's minds and be able to decipher 
you know, who's really for you and who's really not. Okay. Um, yeah, that would probably be the one I would choose. Okay. Okay. For myself, I think I would go with the ability to pause time. Hmm. Um, mainly probably because I would like to be able to take a nap in the middle of the day and it not take away from what I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, so, okay. Read minds, pause time. There you go. Nice. I actually just saw something on Instagram too that said adults who nap in the middle of the day are like more, they live they live longer, less likely to have heart disease. Um, so I'm like, I'm, I wonder if I should ask my boss if we should if we incorporate should company nap, nap time. time. <laughs> yes, yes. I have I Instagram. Instagram is a beautiful place. Right. Um, but I saw on Instagram the other day um, a nap date. Like hmm. with your significant other, you should start planning nap dates. So I sent that to my husband immediately mm-hmm. um, and asked him when he would be down <laughs> because I can't wait for our nap date. Um, I'm still waiting. It's hard to get both of us in a nap at the same time on the same day. But I understand. I told him it'll help our relationship. So, hey, I'm just waiting. <laughs> I do understand. I completely understand. All right. So tell me what's brought you here today. Um, this is a podcast in which um, people come in and they talk about the things that they see where they see people being voiceless um, for whatever reason. So what is it that you see in our community that has brought you in here today? Well, I guess uh, I originally, um, having been a former teacher and being, been in the education system for about five years, um, anywhere from a substitute to an actual classroom teacher to a co-teacher, um, and education has always been like my, kind of like my the foundation of what I want to do, um, because it's the foundation of helping kids, Um And being in education, you get to help kids of all ages, um, depending on which level you want to teach at or mentor at. Um, I specifically chose high school um, because ninth grade in particular, um, because they're at that age where they think they're grown. (laughs) um, But then they get into high school and now they're the babies in the building again. Mm. Um, And but they're so susceptible to what the 18-year-olds in the building are doing, Mm. not realizing that they're 14, um, 13, 14. But to be able to have that impact on kids at that age when they're about to step into that next level um, is why I chose ninth grade. Um, But this morning, um, while I was getting ready for work, God just spoke to me because there's been something that has been super heavy on my heart um, lately. And he spoke to me and literally I just heard the words. I'm like singing my heart out um, (laughs) as I'm getting ready, like I always do. Um, And I just heard be fearless Um, Mm. and be fearless fearless and take a leap um, because I've got you. So um, what I really want to talk about today, even though education is my passion, um, is essentially LGBTQ representation and work in the line of work that I do, which is this nonprofit, um, which is very heavy in the Christian community. Mm -hmm. Um, So in our representation in the work that we do and the feelings that we sometimes get when we walk in a room. Um, So I just want to make it clear that by no means do I think that the LGBTQ community is voiceless 
um, because depending on what city you are in, I mean, you know, that changes on a day to day basis. Um, but my voice in particular, um, having I have a wife, been together almost 10 years, married for almost three of those years um, and the different feelings and way we have to conduct ourselves depending mm -hmm. on which room we're in or who we're talking to or even what we're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. All that, none of that matters depending on who you're talking to. Right. And everything gets overshadowed sometimes. The work that you do, the endless hours that you put in. Um, you can work 22-hour day and raise $2 million in one day. And if you're talking to the wrong person, they won't care. All they because see all is. they see is that you're married to a woman. Hmm. And I don't agree with that. Hmm. So I don't really like anything that you do. Um, hmm. So I kind of want to go down that road today okay. um, in my attempt to be fearless. And so essentially my voice today is for my voicelessness that okay. I felt since I've entered into this new position that I've been in. Okay. Okay, so um, a little bit of background. You are not from Memphis, obviously. You just said that. Yes. Right? Um, so where are you originally from? What city? I'm from Atlanta. Technically, I am from the city of Atlanta, um, but I grew up northeast out of Norcross, Georgia. Okay. Um, which is probably about, without traffic, 35 minutes outside of the okay, city right where you i was won't born add the traffic right okay. you had the traffic you're like a good hour and a half <laughs> to get you. there um but yes so i grew up in the suburbs northeast atlanta okay and um so with that said obviously atlanta and memphis both southern cities however um i am i am from atlanta so i understand the big difference in Atlanta and Memphis being Southern cities. Um, and Memphis is in the Bible Belt, um, mm. which makes its Southerness a little bit different mm. than Atlanta. So being that you came from Atlanta um, and you were married before you got here um, to your wife, yes. tell me the difference that you've seen moving from Atlanta, um, your home, to a new city, a new state, a new place, um, with your wife? Um, well, the first thing we'll, you know, ever, we ever tell anybody um, who asks us, you know, how's Memphis? What's, you know, what's going on in Memphis? Um, the first thing we say is it's like a miniature Atlanta 10 years ago, hmm. seven to 10 years ago. Hmm. Um, Memphis is such an up and coming city with so much history oh, um, yes. that it reminds me of what Atlanta was back when I was in college, high okay. school and college almost, um, where I obviously did not have a wife in high school. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> uh, but it is, but in saying that, you emphasize that it's behind. And and that's in all aspects almost, infrastructure. Um, and what I've felt since we moved here is it's behind in mindset as well. Hmm. Um, being that it is in the Bible Belt, um, I do feel that every time we walk into a restaurant. Yes. Um, I do feel that. In Atlanta, like you said, where I grew up, that's home. I, I didn't feel that anywhere we went. We go to anywhere in the city, north, south, east, west, and never did I feel like I had to watch my back or feel like we were getting, you know, weird looks or because we we're holding hands. Um, 
none, none of that ever crossed my mind um, until we moved here. Hmm. Um, and more specifically, working with the organization we work with, um, an organization that's not a church, um, but it is we show our service through Christ-like love. So our testimony and sharing the gospel with um, anyone we can is a part of what we do. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be a little intimidating sometimes when I'm standing next to my wife and I'm trying to show you and share with you how much God loves me mm -hmm. and loves us. Um, and then I see your eyebrow, you know, go up or like, what were you talking about? God, like you're married to a woman, right? You don't know any, you know, you don't know God. Um, and it's like, it, it could be, it could be a little heartbreaking sometimes to mm -hmm. be in a room where, you know, for a fact, people are judging you. Yes. Um, where, when I know that it's nobody's place on this earth to judge anybody else. Um, right. Let, you know, let he who, who sinned for, you know. Yes. You yes. know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. um, cast the first stone. Cast the first stone. Yeah. Absolutely. He without sin cast the first stone. Right. Um, and by no means do I know anybody who hasn't sinned except one. Right. And that is Jesus Christ. So unless you are Jesus Christ himself, I just don't feel like there's any room for any judgment. Um, because I know the relationship I have with my God and the God I serve doesn't give you a love like the love I have for my wife okay. if he's going to then condemn you for it. Right. Um, and hmm. that point can be hard to get across yeah. to people who grew up in the Bible Belt. Because right. um, if there's one thing I learned about Memphis is that when you're from here, you're from here. Like, oh, yes, you I, you stayed either you stayed here, you've been here your whole <laughs> life or you left, but you came back. Right. And I love that about this city because mm -hmm. that shows me that the people from the city love this city. Right. Um, and as I'm learning to love the city and why they keep coming back here, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but in that coming back, there's no growth right. happening right. with the mindset wise. Um, so, Yeah. That's it's it's way different from Atlanta. Okay. But it's not that much different. Okay. When you look at it as a whole. Um and I I can see the growth happening. And I want to be a part of that growth. Okay. But I also want the work that me and my wife put in mm -hmm. to be acknowledged before anything else is. Right. Um, because at the end of the day, the work we're doing is important right. and people should be able to see that work and be able to see past, oh, she's married to a woman. Right. So her work is, you know, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, she needs to work twice as hard to prove to me. I don't feel like I should have to prove myself okay. if my work speaks for itself. I agree. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, um, totally and wholeheartedly. Now, I know the obvious question um, is... Something along the lines of, well, when did you come out to your parents and how did that go? <laughs> um, but I don't really want to talk about that. Mm -hmm. I would rather talk because that's what everybody wants to know. Mm -hmm. And that is that I think negates the whole purpose of why you're here to talk. Mm -hmm. um, so I would like to know you are a self-proclaimed gay woman who is married to a woman. Mm -hmm. However, you also are a self-proclaimed follower of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. 
tell me about that. Tell me about your faith walk um, as you went from your childhood to your adulthood and where you are today with that. Yeah. So um, I like to tell people I grew up in the church, but I didn't grow up in the church. Um, I definitely went to a mega church in Atlanta, Hopewell Baptist. Um, And I mean, we all know how mega churches are. You know, you show up almost kind of like you show up just to show face. (laughs) Um, So when I was a kid, it was just something we did every Sunday. Mm -hmm. I had to get up early, put on very uncomfortable tights, (laughs) a very uncomfortable (laughs) dress with, you know, the church shoes and church socks. And um, and then you go, you sit in the pew, you take a nap while your parents, (laughs) you know, um, and then you get to eat after. Okay. So when I was growing up, church wasn't, church it was an event that we had to go to um i would say probably even when even in high school we went to a different church a little smaller um but it was still an event that i just had to get up for on a sunday you know in high school you want your weekend to be your weekend and you don't want to go to church every (laughs) sunday but we did um and we were active in the church did bible study and (laughs) it was once again events Mm -hmm. um on my calendar right and so it probably wasn't until my sophomore year, sophomore year in college, um, I actually moved back home my sophomore year. I went to Georgia Southern, um, which is in South Georgia, obviously, Georgia Southern. <laughs> um, right. But I moved back home my sophomore year and transferred to online. And that's probably when I began, my faith walk began for myself and not for event purposes. Okay. Um, and it's grown since then, but we've tried different churches. Well, let me rewind. And college is where I met my wife. Okay. Um, my freshman year to be exact. And we've been together ever since. And we moved back up to Northeast Atlanta together and we got our first apartment. Um, and then that's when my, my, um, our faith walk began separately and together. Um, and so we tried a couple of churches because, you know, finding a church home is important. Um, and I just never feel like I fit in in the churches because of the constant judgment. Um, and so I was very turned off of going into an actual church building. Hmm. Um, and so didn't really go for a while, but still fed myself with this word um, on the Bible app. The I'm sure everybody has that Jesus Calling 365 book <laughs> um, sitting on our nightstand. Um, and we kind of just walked together and used my my bonus dad. Um, he's actually he's a certified pastor. I don't know how you was this certified ordained. There you go. Um, and he, he helped us through it a lot. Um, he's probably the least judgmental person that we've ever met who was active in a church hmm. um and he gave he kind of gave me the strength that he doesn't even realize he gave me hmm. um to be comfortable in talking about my faith with my wife on my side hmm. um but still haven't found a church home in all those years in atlanta that you know we bought a house and did all this still didn't try to find a church home um very turned off by church did not want to step foot in a building um so i was very grateful it sounds bad, but when COVID hit, everything went <laughs> online. It was like, okay, well, 
everybody's watching church from home. So (laughs) let's just watch it from home. And it became a big thing. And, um, and that's where my faith really grew Hmm. inside my living room. Wow. Um, and that's where I felt like he was speaking to me the most inside my living room. Um, which told me that I don't have to step foot in a building every single Sunday okay. to get to know my God. I don't have to do that. Okay. Um, because the last thing I think that he would want me to be is uncomfortable in his presence. Hmm. So hmm. if I'm uncomfortable in the church building, then there's no way I can be in his presence at the same time. Um, so my comfortability at the time was in my living room. So that's where I braced him the most there in my living go. room. Um, so, yeah, and it's it's kind of grown from there since we moved to Memphis. We've tried tried a church. Um, it was OK. We enjoyed it, um, but still couldn't shake the feeling that you're not really welcome here. So, you know, when you walk down the aisle and you literally can see people staring at you mm-hmm. and it's not because of what you have on, mm-hmm. you know, because... Sometimes it is what you have on. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you <laughs> right. just look that good that people need to look. Um, okay. <laughs> but it's hard to shake that feeling when you know you're with a woman. Yeah. And it's while well, we're walking in a church. So still have not found a church home in Memphis. Um, so if anybody knows anyone that is, you know, non-judgmental. Okay. <laughs> happy to try. Happy to drive anywhere in the city to try. Um, but yeah. Okay. So speak about that then. Um you feel judged when you walk into a church. In Memphis, you have felt judged many, many places, um, mm-hmm. it sounds like. So speak about how that makes you feel in general, just as a human being, not as the wife of a wife, not as um, the labels that the world will put on you, but as a human being, which we all are human mm-hmm. beings, how does that, how does, what does that do to you? Um to feel that way just walking in someplace before you've even opened your mouth? Um, honestly, it's like infuriating. And, but I am a very emotional person and I'm not great at hiding my emotions. Um, it, they are all on my face. Every, whatever emotion it is, happy, sad, mad, confused, surprised. Um, it's it's always written all over my face. Um, and so... It could be infuriating to know that in two seconds you have already depicted whether you're going to like me or not. Hmm. Um, Even though I haven't said two words to you, even though I may not even be coming to talk to you, but now you've already disconnected from me. Hmm. Um, And as a human being, I don't like to see that with anyone. Um, you know, you we experience it sometimes when you're the only black person who walks into a room full of white people. And it's like you are in two seconds, you've already decided we're not going to be friends. We're mm-hmm. not going to be acquaintances. We're not going to talk. And that's infuriating because when I think about that with myself, I'm like, how many other people does this really happen to? Mm-hmm. And why are people like this? Why is it that the physicality of what you see can make you automatically write somebody off? Hmm. Um, It's truly the definition of judging a book by its cover. (laughs) Um, And as a newly born avid reader, I know that what's on the cover 
doesn't even begin to show you what's on the inside of the actual book. Hmm. And it's usually the books probably with the ugliest covers or the covers that you were like, no, no way. I'm not reading that. That have the best story on the inside. Um, So it can be infuriating to know that I have to watch my appearance, my Hmm. appearance or make sure watch what you say, because, you know, that you, mm-hmm. one wrong word and you're out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one wrong word, one one wrong word, and anything you say after that does not matter mm-hmm. because they've checked out. Right. So um, it's infuriating, and then on the other end, it's motivating for me to make sure that I don't do that with people that I meet. Interesting. Um, okay. To make sure that I'm always welcoming. I'm always um, I'm always gonna smile. When I meet somebody, when I see you again, um, I'm very good at faces, not great at names, but when I know you, I know you. And I'm very much so an energy type of person. So if I meet somebody and we just have great energy, it doesn't really matter. Your lifestyle to me does not matter because your energy with me Hmm. is on 100 Okay. And when a vibe is a vibe, a vibe is a vibe. There you go. And sometimes it can be those people that looking at them, you'd be like, they would never be friends. They probably be, are going to become one of your closest friends. Um, so it's infuriating and then motivating on the other end. Wow. Okay. So keeping in mind that we are not an explicit podcast. (laughs) If you could say something to the people um, that you can tell immediately judge you, you've not even said hello to them Mm -hmm. and they've already disconnected, as you said, they've disconnected from you because they know that that's your wife standing next to you. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? Wow, that's a a great question. Um, And... Without being explicit, (laughs) because thank you, progression, not perfection. The Lord is still working on me. Okay, (laughs) Um, I would ask them why. Why? What is it about me and the fact that I lay down next to my wife that bothers you? Hmm. Why does that? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Why does that? make you mad Hmm. it has nothing to do with you or anything that goes on inside your home Mm -hmm. so why do you care so much right um and the same can be said you know when a woman walks into a room full of men and they completely write her off but my ideas are great right what i'm saying is great why does it matter that it's coming from a woman? Right. Why does it matter that the ideas that I have are don't now no longer are valid because I'm married to a woman? Right. Why? Um, and even though sometimes I can be like very quick and very slick, <laughs> I guess, with my words, mm-hmm. um, I really am always down to have a conversation with the quote unquote opposition right. um, because just like I want you to see things from my side. I want to learn from your side as well right. because there's obviously a disconnect in mm-hmm. our beliefs right. and that's okay. 
Um, But just like I don't count you out for your beliefs, you shouldn't count me out for mine. Okay. Um, And I don't ever feel like that's reciprocated, though. That's hard Mm. for a lot of people to do. It is. Especially people who are stuck in their ways. Mm -hmm. Um, So you see it most with all the older generations rather than the newer ones and the younger ones. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm a millennial, so we're like right there in the middle of everybody. Um, But the progressiveness... I mean, you see it with the younger kids don't matter. Kids don't care. Yeah. Kids, they don't care. They really don't. As long as you're genuine with them, they do not care. Um, it, it, it only bothers the older generations. So and do you do you see things changing then in the future? Um, not to be morbid, but as the older generation starts to die out a little bit and you become the older generation and right. all of the youngers but below you. Absolutely. After you, I guess. Absolutely. Um, this generation's coming up, um, and even the Gen X and Gen Z are the ones that are after me. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're going to change the world. Hmm. Um, the way they view and their outlook on life is completely different, even from my generation. Um, and they're all about making things better, not going backwards, not... Um, which is sounds weird to say, even though, you know, the politics of everything seems to be pushing us backwards. Right. <laughs> um, but if you look in that, the politics, these are all the older generations who run these things. Um, and we were actually at dinner the other night and I was very. Um, what I what I, well, what I had said was that, you know, you can't represent you can't be for the people if you don't represent the people. Hmm. Um, and the fact of the matter is a lot of our politicians don't represent and don't look like what their communities look like. Hmm. Um, some of them don't even live in the communities that they serve. Um, so it's, you know, how can you help? How can you really be of support and create change? Um, when you don't really even know what change needs to happen. Hmm. Um, but these generations coming up, they know, and I feel like they're tired of being judged they don't like being judged um having been in a classroom they don't like being told what to do which can be a good or a bad thing um (laughs) but when you approach it the right way you know when they see a problem 25 solutions pop in their mind wow they just don't know how to lay those solutions out and they don't always know how to choose the best solution but those are the problem solving skills that um that should be taught to them. Um, not necessarily, you know, obviously, like I taught math, for example, um, and teaching the basic algebra was not working. But as soon as I flipped it and I, you know, started showing it to them in real life, you know, I'm going to show you how you use this without even knowing that you're using it. Hmm. And that's when everybody's mind was just blown. And then they got it. it clicked. They understood it. It clicked because you made it relative to them. Hmm. Um, So they're going to change the world. Hmm. And I'm excited to see it. A little scared because sometimes it's a little reckless. (laughs) Um, But they're fearless. They're fearless in what they say. They're fearless in what they do. Um, And they are going to be the change that we need for sure.
I am like you in that I welcome all people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care your background, your foreground, your side ground. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I have absolutely, it's all on the energy. It's the energy level. If you walk into the room and your energy is just on high, I feed off of that. Um, if your energy is low, it makes me question and it makes me, it draws me to you to help build up your energy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, I, I agree with you that on that totally. And I get that. Um, I think my next question would be, um, as you're moving forward, how would you like our listeners to support you and or the LGBTQ community as a whole, in general, on a day? How, how can they support on a daily basis, whether whether it be something that is out in front in the forefront where they mm-hmm. actually are doing the work or whether it's just something that they change within um, yeah. to help you? Yeah. Um, no, that's a good question. And I am speci- speaking specifically for myself in that the true help would be, it doesn't have to be a protest. It doesn't have to be something that is just this big thing and it starts arguments Um but it would be to just one, take a look at yourself first. And do you initially count somebody out because of what you see? Mm-hmm. Um, and even if it's something you don't agree with, does that mean that you can't still work with that person? Does it mean that if y'all have the same end goal in mind that the work can't get done because you don't like the lifestyle they live at home? Um, even though they could be the best at what they do. Um, I would say it's a mindset thing. And if for true change to happen, acceptance has to occur. You don't have to be buddy-buddy, but you just have to accept, okay, well, maybe this is just a work relationship. Maybe we're not going to be friends and everybody's not going to be friends. It's not kumbaya with everybody. That's just (laughs) the reality of the world that we live in. Right. Um, However, you voicing that you don't like something can be hurtful to someone else. And I would say, turn it around. And what if they were voicing that they don't like that? They don't like that your husband wears glasses, you know, when if you're walking through Target and you see somebody who has an outfit on that you don't like, do you go and snatch their shirt off? <laughs> right. Like, no, you don't. You no, just keep right. going. Um, and if that person then comes and says hi to you, are you not going to say hi back because you don't like the shirt that they have on? Right. Um, no, you're going to be you're going to be cordial. Right. And there's nothing wrong with being cordial. Um, I think that's the middle piece that. A lot of us miss sometimes it's either where he he ha ha buddy buddy mm-hmm. or I don't like you and I'm not going to talk to you hmm. there's a middle There's piece. no in between there is an in between and it is just being cordial just be nice right um you know they tell the kids this all the time because you don't know what someone deals with when they go home hmm. so just be nice right um and we miss that piece a lot um especially us as followers of Christ we miss that piece a lot mm-hmm. um, in that understanding that your journey is not my journey and my journey is not your journey. Um, so you being concerned 
with my relationship with God has nothing to do with your relationship with God. Right. So before you cast your stones at me, look at the ones that could be cast back at you. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, I'm not one to cast stones because I'm not without sin. I'll be the first to admit it. Right. Um, do I think my sin is my wife? Absolutely not. I don't. Right. Um, and I'll I'll continue to say that. Um, and I'm happy to have a conversation about it as well. Um But who knows what your sin is? Who knows? Only you know and only God knows. So understanding that no one sin is greater than the other. So whatever you think I'm doing that is terrible, whatever sin you're committing is just as terrible to you or it should be. Because if that's the way you want to play it, then it should be. Um, But just understanding that your life is your life. My life is my life. And we can we can coincide. We can work with one another without fear of being judged, of walking into a room and mm. not being welcomed. Um, because unless you've experienced that feeling, you have no idea what it feels like to walk into a room that mm. nobody wants you in. Mm. And it can be very defeating. And for somebody who's like not as strong or doesn't have high self-esteem or anything like that, um, which is not me, luckily, because I've been in a whole lot of rooms that I'm clearly not welcome in. Um, it can deter them. And now we could have just lost one magnificent saint hmm. in the work that we do just because they didn't feel welcome. Hmm. And now we missed out on the change that could have happened wow. because there was no cordialness at yeah. the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's okay. that's what... That's how. Yeah. So essentially, in two words, um, the way listeners can help and support is to be nice. Be nice. That's it. That's and it. it costs you nothing, nothing to just be nice. OK, I love it. I love it. Um, so briefly, before we end our conversation here, briefly tell me, because you've been mentioning it throughout um, our conversation, the work you do. Mm-hmm. So briefly tell me, what is it the work you do, you and your wife? What yes. do y'all do? <laughs> I don't know if you can be briefly, but I'll, um, I'll talk. <laughs> as briefly um, as possible. <laughs> so we are in the business of serving others. We always have been, even in our past um, careers, um, me as an educator, her as an entrepreneur. Um, she owned a, a couple of barbershops and a trucking company in Atlanta and servicing people, clients, students, other teachers, um, parents is what we do. And we both feel like our life, our purpose on this earth is to give our life away to others. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we find peace is when we're able to help any and everybody else um, with anything that may be. So that's what we do, honestly. As briefly as I can say it, it's very broad. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I went into specifics, I I would almost feel like I'm bragging, like because (laughs) we get to do this as a career. And it is a blessing that we get to give our lives away every day and get paid for it, of course. (laughs) Um, But... Even if we didn't get paid for it, it would be what we wanted to do. Um, I mean, we uprooted our whole life to come here and do this work um, of serving a community that is in need. That seems like it has been forgotten. Wow. 
in a city that is filled with history. Hmm. Um, this was once people used to come from all over America to the city of Raleigh um, because it was con- the water here was like considered like the best, the cleanest, ever, the cleanest. Right? And mm-hmm. now it's just deserted and it looks like nobody cares anymore. Hmm. Um, so to be able to help the community bring life back to where there once was abundant life mm-hmm. um, is what we do. Okay. And we have our different roles in up underneath the organization in which we do that. Um, but that's only because it takes a village and no one person can do it alone. True. Um, so even no one company organization can do it alone. So we are very much so about collective action Okay. and bringing together other organizations and companies and showing them what's happening in the city Versus what could be happening. This is what we want to see. This is what the community members who have lived here for years and years and years want to see because they used to see it. Hmm. So, um, yeah, that's what we we are here to bring life alongside the community members back into their back into their home. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And that has absolutely nothing to do with your personal life at home. No, it doesn't. (laughs) And actually, we're not even home a lot. So really, we're always working. Okay. Um, No, but we, I mean, we enjoy it. We love it. We wouldn't have uprooted everything. I mean, it sounds like the work you're doing is amazing. Um, And the fact that you're giving your life away to others um, should be the first thing that people see when they see you. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And... I'm going to keep persistent because there's nothing that's going to stop me. Um, Are there some rooms that I'll be hesitant to go into? Yes. Will I still walk into them? Yes. Will I still have my head held high? Yes. Um, But I'm here to talk about it because there's some people who won't. And if I can just be motivation for one person to not quit, um, that's good enough for me. That's good enough for me because there were days I wanted to quit. There have been days. There still will be some that come probably. We always have those days. Mm -hmm. Um, But with the love and the strength of my God and that he has placed in me, um, there's nothing that's going to deter me from that. Okay. And I am 1,000% 10 toes down for certain that we will see each other at the gates of heaven. Amen. Um, And that's for a fact. Amen. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, as one last, I appreciate you coming here. I appreciate you you sitting and talking with me and speaking up for the voiceless. Um, That voiceless being you today um, and you using your voice um, in opposition to what everything in your being is telling you. Just be quiet. Yes. No, I appreciate you for having me and I appreciate the meaning behind the podcast. And I just will continue to pray that it just it touches the right ears. Um, even if that's just one set, I just pray that, that God continues to elevate you and everything that you have going on. Um, cause this is truly something that, that is needed Thank worldwide you. for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I think I'll do the final thought today. Um, so the final thought as we're going, as we're ending this podcast here, um, 
Here is a little twist in the plot and a little kicker for all of those listening. Um, Javon Scott is actually my firstborn baby girl. (laughs) Um, My firstborn child, period. She was my baby girl, is my baby girl. Um, And I love her to death. There is nothing on the face of this earth that she could do, say, um, write, spin around, anything that would make me love her any less than I do today than I did in October of 94 when she was born. Oh my goodness. Um, You said your age earlier, so it's okay. (laughs) Um, But with that, um, the reason why I wanted to say that is because there are people out there, there are parents out there, there are siblings out there, there are family members out there that have somebody in their family that has told them, I like somebody who is the same sex as me i have an issue with the whole coming out thing um the coming out um verbiage just because um i never came out to my mother and told her that i like men so i don't understand why anybody my daughter would have to come out to me and tell me she likes women um So when my daughter told me that she was dating this woman and that she was falling in love with this woman, me being who I am and the mother that I am and looking at my daughter in her face and seeing all the love that she had while she was sharing this information with me, my only question to her was, does this woman treat you right? Because that's all I care about. If my daughter is happy and the person that my daughter is with is treating her right, then that is all that matters in this world. Um, I have known relationships. I have been in relationships in which that was not the case. And it wasn't at the hands of the same sex. It was at the hands of the opposite sex. Um, Yet that may not be a sin to some because it was the opposite sex. Um, But for those of you who are out there and you hear somebody coming to you and telling you that they are gay or that they are a lesbian or that they um, are bisexual or they are still questioning where they are, your job, if you are truly a Christian, if you are truly a follower of Christ, if you truly want to live and love like Christ did, your only job in that moment is to love them for who they are because they are a human being. Um, And I love my baby girl with all my heart. I will forever and always um, till the day I die and beyond because I may haunt her. (laughs) It's just who I am. That's the kind of mom I am. (laughs) Um, But if you have any questions, if there are anything, if, if you need just somebody to talk to, please reach out. Please reach out. Go to the website. That's 31-8.com. And there are hotlines on there. Um, if you just need to talk to somebody, um, my number is also on there. So if you need to talk to me um, and if you choose to call me with hate mail or um, hate words, I will listen. I will read and then I will delete. Um because I still love you because you are also a child of God. Um, Thank you for listening today. Thank you for being here with us. Um, We hope you will be back for the next podcast and we will be speaking up for the voiceless very, very soon.